0: Hi, you guys. This is Liz Ryan, and this is the Truth About Work podcast, episode 19. We talk about work, how to get it, how to thrive at it, how to leave it, how to improve it, what it means in the context of your life and in in the context of current events like COVID-19 right now roiling the world and uh, Black Lives Matter protests, which, you know, are two influences telling us a lot of the old systems don't cut it anymore and one of those old systems that does not get the job done and and suit us people anymore is our design for work what is our design for work well it's the way that we think about and operate work putting people to work we follow in the western world and anywhere that The Western world model has been emulated just pretty much the whole world that has any level of industrialization, right? We follow a particular design for work. I have a name for it. I call it Godzilla. Uh, People call it the Taylor Weber model. What are its characteristics? We're so used to them. We don't even think of them as choices, but they are design choices, just like designing a blender or a car. It's hierarchical, there's a person, sometimes two or three, the office of the president, but mostly one at the top. And then there's an organizational chart that starts out real skinny at the top and gets broader as it goes down. And the idea is that information like orders, commands from the general, for example, because this is a military model. This is the bureaucratic model that the Brit British perfected uh, to bad effect. In, the, uh, in India. And it's the idea that we will deputize and appoint people to be smaller and smaller managers as you go down the org chart, but that deputization, that acknowledgement will get them sort of on our side as managers telling other people what to do. Information comes down from the top Because it's easy. It's just like flowing down, like from the top of the mountain down through the mountains and streams to the plains below. But it's really hard for information to get back up. Why? Because there's a built-in resistance to hear anything other than, I followed your orders, my commander, to the T. So this is a very common uh, obstacle to anything good happening. And certainly to employers, uh, taking good care of employees, it's the biggest trope there is. I don't like my job. And every survey before coronavirus hit, before COVID-19, was that 60 to 80 percent of working people would change jobs if they could, meaning there's a level of they don't want to be there. And so if you think about how unfortunate and unnecessary and pointless that is for employers, to have 50 60 70 percent of people not wanting to be there how bad that is for their customers their shareholders the world all of us you would think this would be a really pressing issue but it just hasn't been it's like something for the feature pages 10 reasons people hate their jobs (laughs) oh they hate their jobs and it's always been that way no that's absurd work is a creative activity and and when people are set free to any degree to to use their brains their ingenuity their creativity to solve problems together you know fantastic things happen and that's what i did i was fortunate enough to work for companies like that that got that started small got really big because the whole idea was well you know what do you need what obstacle can we take out of your way you know it's not nirvana but we're just going to keep keep plugging at it keep working on it and not have a bunch of dumb policies and Treat employees like they're a lesser life form and, God forbid, you know, job candidates like they don't exist. And I was frankly really surprised when I left that 20 years or so doing that kind of HR leadership to find that wasn't much more common than it is or at least was. And um, and so I started the movement, Human Workplace Movement, to talk about this and operationalize it and share practices and ideas and practical practical solutions to problems, but, but really we have to pull back the truck and get a broader lens and look at the overall design, which is just it's dumb, broken. It's not effective in having people understand what they're there to do, have the conditions to be motivated, like they're respected and their input is valued and their life outside of work is valued and they're paid fairly, like that whole suite of things... It's not an infinitely long list of requirements. There's like five, but that it's just not universal enough that people can trust in it. And so in many cases, people don't love their jobs, but they stay because another place could be worse and also because job hunting is such a pain. So I'm interested in looking at and changing that model, replacing it with a human model that gets rid of not all but a lot of the biggest problems associated with work this design godzilla oh i call this design for work godzilla and the reason is because um the blue oyster cult song godzilla you can look it up on youtube godzilla it's history shows again and again how nature points out the folly of man godzilla so it's that. It's that the human energy from nature is the one that gives us all the good stuff. That's not Pollyanna, you know, ha ha, like, like woo woo HR stuff. It's so nice. Tiptoe through the tulips. No, it's just basic look at people and how they function. They're going to care more and do more and think more and be more connected when they're just treated like they have a reason to be there and Their input is important. There is no reason whatsoever for this sort of like mindset of, we have to keep the employees in line. And here's 45 things you better not do. Why did you think that I wouldn't know that there's, there's a tone and there's an energy top down and fear-based full of threats and admonitions. And none of that is good for business. I'm telling you, it's really, really, really bad for business. And So that's, you know, kind of my sermonette, but um, this design for work is tired, it's destructive, it's racist and misogynistic, ableist and intolerant, it's not LGBTQ friendly, It's, it's just, you know, outworn it's welcome, it doesn't have utility and something more organic and more creative So, for example, just a few practical, if you're wondering, you know, what are the specific things that have to happen? The first one is we have to get rid of employment at will in the United States that says anybody can be bounced, terminated at any moment for no reason. How can anybody connect to a job or an organization? Yeah, you just might be gone one day when you come back from lunch. And that has happened to people They came back from lunch. Yeah, no, you've been here six years. We don't need you anymore. So that has to go away. That's absurd in every industrialized country people cannot be terminated for no reason and if they are financial downturn for example they get paid they get a check to tide them over we go stand in line figuratively or physically an unemployment and then they see whether you're eligible you went to work you got laid off how could there be a question of whether you're eligible one of the eligibility things is you have to have been at the company long enough well dude I applied for the job, I got the job, they laid me off. Why would my longevity on the job? It's a very ridiculous, ridiculous system. I'm happy that in this latest, in this response, very weak, painfully bad and incompetent response of the US government to COVID-19, one of the good things that they did was pay an extra $600 of unemployment compensation this spring and summer. That's huge, and they should keep that going. And the other good thing was to pay independent contractors, for the first time that I'm aware of uh, in my career, uh, unemployment as well as employees. That's huge, and that should continue too, because otherwise it's this bias, this societal bias reinforced by the unemployment comp system that says, no, you got to work for somebody else. That's socially acceptable. You go off as a contractor, you're on your own. I mean, we need contractors. We need that flexibility every job's not going to be a full time job especially as employers you know pull back benefits so my vision would be we get rid of employment at will we add a universal basic income and give up the ridiculous notion that the needs of employers and the needs of working people are just going to magically coincide such that everybody has a job that's absurd it, look at some of these job ads and then say that every single person in your neighborhood or in your town is gonna to be employable literally anywhere. There has to be universal basic income and a federal jobs guarantee, which we've done before, which says you will have a job, you will get employment. There is so much to be done in our infrastructure and and, and helping older people and infirm people and little kids and, and and streets and parks. There's so, so, so much to be done. Let's just be smart. Um, and shift whatever we need to shift to respond to the way the world is now. So those are some of the things I'd like to see in the working world. Our design, Godzilla, has to get back to the bottom of the ocean. It's just really destructive, and my inbox is testament to that. And the thousands of people that I met when I was out traveling before we were all sent home that have unbelievable stories of you know, great promise and potential in people and teams and products and initiatives and squashed for no reason because on some uh, nested Excel spreadsheet, hell, didn't show up as carrying its weight and we have to make tough decisions. We are too oriented in the business world to the short-term gain. Duh. I know you know that, but it's, it's, it's killing us. It's killing us from global warming to the way that people are treated. Uh, Corporate profits on a quarterly basis are everything. And obviously that's not sustainable. You could develop the whole world until there's no more oceans. There's no more fish, right? Everything has been turned into some kind of a factory for fidget spinners or whatever. Not hating on the fidget spinners. It's just, you know, one more thing we super don't need. But you could make some money, so let's get the money. You're going to have seven people that have all the money in the world. It's heading in that direction now. This was all predicted many years ago. Past capitalism needs a different name. That's not capitalism anymore. That's seven rich people run the world and millions of people have nothing. Anyway, let's get to some questions. Hey, Liz, I wouldn't normally care about the bonus details in my uh, job offer, but in this case, it's a significant percentage of my compensation. But I feel that the hiring manager thinks I'm needy. We've had two conversations about this topic already. Should I just jump in? What a great question, and one that a lot of folks are going to run into if they haven't run into it so far. It's energetic, you know. You just have to listen to your gut, check glass door, Ask your network, read about this company. How did you feel with this manager? How did you feel interacting with the company since the hiring process started? And what's their reputation? Who are the leaders of the company? And what's their background? And what's their reputation? If you've had a bad experience on the, on the, uh, job search trail and this is like the first offer you got and it hasn't been a great recruiting process but you gotta get some money to pay the bills then you probably want to jump in and keep the job search looking a uh, uh, going the job search engine running but if you have a alternative options it's not a great idea to put a big chunk of your compensation at risk in a bonus plan especially if you can't get the details on it easily it's not to say every company has detailed bonus plan you know specs right there they should give you a feel what are you basically paid on how often does it pay what could you expect as a first year bonus what do people typically get i mean these are very very reasonable questions but there is often a component for the manager's discretion or for special projects or objectives that have not yet been developed much less assigned so it comes down to trust because here's the thing You could get that document and it could be down to the penny and it could give you a lot of confidence in the company's attention to detail. You could get in there and say, this is a terrible plan. Whoever made this plan had no idea what this job was about. So it's actually trust again. Or it could be an incredibly detailed, thorough, um, very calming plan to read. And then you could get in there and they could say after three weeks, now we're changing the plan. And that might be a terrible thing that would hurt you financially, or it could be a great thing. So once again, it really comes down to trust. I mentioned that I want to see employment at will abolished and employment contracts for everybody. But, you know, it's funny, even if you had a contract, who? what's the absolute security behind the contract? Companies can dissolve and then that's the end of all their contracts. It contracts are terribly important, and I want to see them become universal. And but, as my est friends say, um, it's all about the people. It's all about the trust. And but, est of course, was one of the first big uh, movements in the human potential thing, the era, the me decade, the 70s. It might have started in the early 60s. I don't. I don't know, but. It swept the world, E-S-T, if you're curious about it. Um, Yeah. Another question is cover letters out. I can't read it, but it's about cover letters. Yeah, I'm not a fan of cover letters. I don't get. The cover letter is part of this Godzilla system, but it has long ago been sort of devalued to here's me and here's maybe how I fit the spec. I was intrigued to see. Here's the thing. The reason I don't like cover letters is they're so wan, they're so weak, they don't add anything. But really, that's not their fault. It's the fault of the funnel, that pipeline, all these resumes coming in, trudging through, like, you know, people marching in the line they don't want to be in, and all these cover letters doing this heavy lifting, like, here's this resume. I don't like the channel itself. I don't like that means of approach. That's not the way I want you to get your next job, if possible pain letter that's what i invented and teach and it's how you reach a hiring manager directly your future next possible boss future next possible boss it's uh the person you are going to reach out to because they're the one with the pain that's why it's called a pain letter that's the person with the pain not hr their job is at that level administrative looking at keywords in your resume and seeing if they match up with the bullets Talk about a way to suck all your power off the page, all your stories and the context around how you got those stories and how that context overlaps with this job that you're looking at. I mean, you can't get that across in in, in a typical job application form. And the cover letter can't save you either. And also, it's just, it's just a bad means of approach because it's so crowded. Pain letter is you go directly to the hiring manager. You figure out who they are. Unless it's an enormous company, that's eight minutes on LinkedIn. And then you get to read their profile and see their background and and see who they follow. You know, you learn about them. You get a bead on them, right? Just imagine you're a private investigator. This is your possible next boss. What do you want to know about them? How did they move through their career? What do you think they care about? What do they read? And then you reach out to them. You do a little thinking. What would be the most likely pain? that this person would be experiencing on the job such that they go hat in hand to the money bags person and say, I need to hire somebody. See what I'm saying? It's hard to get a job rec approved in these days, but there must be a need And they made the case. So this person you're looking at on LinkedIn, they already made the case successfully. They got to have this person because otherwise someone quit or they, they retired or, whatever, they would just wait. They'd wait till after COVID and then they would fill the job. Why are they doing it now? It's a real thing. So you don't want to go in there. I have this experience. I have that. Who? Nobody cares. No offense. No offense. It's not you. You're amazing. But it's like the funnel is so broken. They're literally comparing without typically much judgment or insight at all. And there's, you know, 40 people in that funnel. So no, you're going to go with a different message than here compare me please i beg you to compare me to 40 other people right no you go to the hiring manager with a letter pain letter attached to your resume and you say basically i couldn't obviously uh know exactly what you're dealing with but i wouldn't be surprised to hear you're dealing with x i've had the opportunity to work on some of that X. It's gnarly, but you know, we made some headway, did some good stuff. And if X is something on your mind, you know, and we should talk, then let's do it's chill. So read about pain letters. Yeah. Cover letters. I'm not so much a fan. Okay. We have one more question. I'm an HR person, Liz, and my job description has been totally disrupted by COVID-19. I am finding it helpful to support employees working from home, but I imagine they will be very settled in a few weeks. Any ideas? Yeah, this is huge and so common. And everybody's in flux and change and tumult and... You know a lot of job descriptions are changing or they're just up in the air and there's anxiety about that anxiety about job security and very little visibility into the future i guess that's the only kind of visibility right it would be worth talking about a little redundant there department of redundancy department but yeah this is a time when even ceos don't have a lot of visibility and you know some of them do but a lot of them have none no more than you or me kind of feeling out there on the edge on our on our own it's great you're supporting employees working from home and i wouldn't necessarily agree with you that that's going to go away because it's logistical stuff some of it is logistical but some of it is mental emotional just like what i'm talking about just just trauma and disruption and what's happening in the world massive stakes presidential election coming up in the united states i mean it's a it's a tough time a lot of people are struggling with their mental health and you know there's a lot that you can do to connect people with resources a company offers like an EAP employee assistance program maybe if they need that or could benefit or just just listening to them and just telling them you're there supporting them certainly in any of the traditional HR stuff where they need help if you your job hasn't typically you know included doing this little favor or or you know concierge service for an employee i would just do it now and be in in communication in two directions letting them know what what information you can share as a clearinghouse and then also listening to them and just just letting them be heard because this stuff is not easy on anybody it's not easy um and i'm very focused on hr right now i just finished writing two books about hr one is about hr and the other one is about recruiting and uh I'm super excited, so I'm gonna um, put the books on um, our site as soon as they're available. The first book is called "Red Blooded HR: Essays on Human Resources as a Force for Good," and the second book is called "Righteous Recruiting: Essays on Reinventing Talent Acquisition for People." So they're both coming out in the next couple of weeks, and um, you know they have fun, colorful covers and. Tons of great stuff inside. So I will let you know when those books are out. But I'm also doing a webinar on July 21st. That's a Tuesday called HR for a Changing Landscape, Managing Talent in Turbulent Times, which is right now. So, yeah, I'm doing that free webinar on the 21st of July for HR folks and people who are interested in the people side of work and how to manage through it and get stronger and better at it, how to help our organizations be more nimble and more responsive. So, yep, that is happening. And um, if you haven't been on our site, Human Workplace, there's tons of free downloads there. You should go get one, get two, three, and read them and step into your power. You know what I mean?